Hello, I'm Dr. Annalene Weston, Dental Legal Advisor for Dental Protection based in Brisbane. And I'd like to welcome you to the next installment of our RiskWise podcast series, a series produced exclusively for members of Dental Protection. RiskBytes looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice on guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. Now, in this edition, How Do I Respond to a Solicitor's Letter, my colleague, Dr. Mike Rutherford, is going to explore the different types of letters we receive from solicitors and what they actually mean. So thank you for your time, Mike. The first question I want to ask you is, I've received a solicitor's letter. What am I going to do? Well, thanks, Annalene. Um, The first thing is not to panic about it. Solicitor's letters normally sound quite strident and demanding in nature, and it's often hard to understand exactly what is being requested or what is required of you from the solicitor's letter because of the use of legal language and legal terms. So the first thing is stay calm, and in the first instance, you ring dental protection and you seek advice from us. We will ask you to forward the letter and we will see if we can work out what the meaning is and then we can explain this to you. If we need to ask a legal opinion or engage a a lawyer on your behalf, we will assess these requirements. What do the solicitors actually want from me? Well, basically, there's three types of letters that dentists commonly receive from solicitors. Uh, The first one is a request for a report or a request for details about a patient. And this is usually in regard to a workplace accident or a motor vehicle accident where the insurer or the solicitor representing the patient is trying to assess what damage occurred due to the incident and what you believe the prognosis will be for the patient. Now, this letter must have an accompanying request for release of dental records from the patient. So you've actually got the patient's consent to do this. This type of report necessarily has to be objective and supported by your clinical records. And so for this, it is important that you seek advice from dental protection in the first instance, and we will give you advice and review any drafts that you make of a a reply. It is important that it is your words and it is your considered clinical opinion, but the way you go about writing is important so that it doesn't involve conjecture or any statement that can't be borne out and defended by your clinical records or special tests at the time. The second type of letter that you could receive from the solicitor is a simple request for records. Sometimes when you get this, it is unclear whether the solicitor is requesting records with a view to assisting your patient in making a claim against treatment that you have provided, or also because they are lodging the claim against the subsequent or previously treating dental practitioner and that they want to look at your records to see if there's some conflict in your opinion or if you have redone some uh, of the treatment provided by a previous dental practitioner. Once again, it is best if you receive this letter that you contact us at Dental Protection. You do again need the patient's consent, so there has to be a signed request for records from the solicitor, but it's also worth us having a look to see if we can give you the heads up that there may be a legal claim heading your way. Just because the solicitor requests the records does not necessarily mean that a claim will follow. Very often solicitors will get an expert opinion of your records and they may decide that there is no claim or no chance of a successful claim. Unfortunately, solicitors do not ever write back to you to say not to worry. 
<laughs> you just don't hear back. The third type of letter that you could receive from a solicitor would be a notice of claim or intent to claim, where the solicitor is formally notifying you on behalf of a patient that they intend to lodge a claim for damages because of the treatment that you did or did not provide. Again, while this is very distressing to receive, this there is usually no tearing urgency to reply. And again, the first thing you should do is to contact Dental Protection and we will assess this and in most instances, if you receive a legal claim, we will engage one of our panel of dental negligence lawyers to give assistance and act on your behalf. This means that they will give you and us legal advice on how you should manage the claim. The advantage of this is that you get expert legal opinion, but also the responsibility of replying is delegated to the lawyer, so you can get on with your day job while we look after the legal side. You will, of course, be required to have input, but the actual running of the claim can be left to the lawyers and to dental protection. So what do I have to do, Mike? This is simple, and it's something we've already really discussed. Generally, what you have to do is just ring us in the first instance and then forward the solicitor's letter to us and with any treatment records and correspondence that you have related to that patient. And either we will assess it or we will pass it on to our solicitors to assess and give you the advice. Usually there is plenty of time for you to transfer the letter and for us to get back to you in any deadlines that are imposed. So one of the questions our colleagues ask us the most, I think, is can I hold any information back? And if so, what? Thanks, Annalyn. This is one that we do get asked. Usually if there is a request for records, the clinical records involve all clinical notes, radiographs, referrals, reports, models, laboratory slips, financial transactions, and any communication with the patient or within the practice that deals with the treatment of that patient. So this is fairly broad, uh, broad scope. So we can always get legal advice on this for you in, in an individual case, but generally there's a fairly broad definition of what is involved in the production of clinical records. And generally, you cannot withhold any written information related to the patient and their treatments. You also need to consider how it would look if you did withhold part of your records. It may give the appearance of dishonesty, either because you are attempting to conceal something or because the records you do produce would be questioned. Were they genuine or, and written at the time? Or did you knock them up later to better defend yourself? This all feels like it's gone quite far. Can't I just call the patient and sort it out directly with them? This is a question that has to be looked at case by case, but as a general answer, no, you can't. Once a patient delegates the responsibility of managing their complaint to a lawyer, it becomes more prudent for a lawyer to deal with lawyer or for dental protection to deal with the lawyers. While almost in every case the dental practitioner would be acting honourably and trying to comply with what they see as their duty of care to sort this out with the patient, and often it would appear that it can be sorted out simply if it is a communication breakdown, but generally this is not a good idea. Sometimes if you try and contact the patient, there could follow an allegation that you are trying to coerce them into dropping the complaint or changing their view. 
It is also possible that a dental practitioner could say something that may prejudice our ability to defend them or defend their position and actually put them in a worse place than if they had not made the phone call at all. Therefore, it is in your best interest to let the lawyers talk to the lawyers. So this is what we recommend and facilitate for you. Thanks, Mike. So I think the patient's seeing another dental practitioner. Can I just give them a call? The short answer is no, you can't. (laughs) Again, the patient has an entitlement to privacy. And unless your patient has specifically given their consent for you to speak with another dental practitioner, there could well be a breach of privacy if you do. You can talk to a specialist that you have referred a patient to and that you have sought a report from because there is an implied consent from the patient that in making the referral, the patient has agreed with this communication and that a report would be gained, but you cannot contact any party that you have not referred the patient to. Once again, if you did contact the other dental practitioner, not only is it a potential breach of privacy, but you could open yourself up to an allegation that you're trying to influence the other dental practitioner in their thinking or in the approach they take if they are asked to, say, provide a report on their findings when they treated the patient. So another question we get asked, Mike, do I have to tell APRA about all this? Generally, you're not required to. At this stage, there are a couple of exceptions, and we didn't cover this in the type of letter you get from a lawyer. But if, for example, the lawyer's letter is some way connected to you being charged with a criminal offence for which it is punishable by 12 months imprisonment or more, even at the charging stage, you are required to notify APRA. The other requirement to notify APRA is if, say, the solicitor's letter is advising you that your right to practice at a hospital or another facility at which you provide health services, and this can be the actual dental practice that you're employed in, or either in a private practice or in a public health care setting. If your right to practice has been withdrawn or restricted in some way because of conduct, professional poor performance or health, then there is a requirement to notify APRA. But once again, this is the sort of thing that dental protection can assist you with and give you advice about how to go about it. You might ask, can I phone the lawyer? And yes, you can, if it's not clear what the intent of the letter is. They have got the address wrong, you are not sure about the deadlines, or you believe that a page is missing, you can certainly phone the lawyer. They may or may not be helpful in providing you with information, but once again, we would prefer to assist you with this and guide you on whether we or a lawyer that we employ can provide this information without you ringing them or whether it is reasonable that you give the lawyer a call. Finally, we look at who manages the process. Ultimately, as a dental practitioner, you are responsible for any treatment you provide. If there is a claim against you, it is ultimately you that have to control the process because it is dealing with you in your role as a dental professional. Having said that, one of the reasons you have professional indemnity is so that we can give you professional advice and, as I have mentioned, engage a lawyer to protect your interests if necessary and also to give you legal advice. Wrapped up in there, I guess, there is the requirement and the responsibility for you to comply with the requirements of MDA National, who are the insurers and the providers of your professional indemnity. 
So while you may choose to conduct this in the manner that you would prefer or would think is right, you have to do that in consultation with us and just to make sure that you don't prejudice the insurer's right to conduct this the way that they think is in the best interest of both you and the insurer. Rest assured, though, that in all cases, dental protection's sole purpose is to assist you, the dental practitioner, through this often difficult and emotional process. Thanks, Mike. That was incredibly informative. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We do hope that this podcast has been helpful to you and we look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Goodbye.